0: This is the internet ballers podcast, episode 76. This is the internet ballers podcast with your host, Michael Pasha. The show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the baller's circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers Podcast, and today is the September Monthly Roundup episode. In this episode, I'll be going through my takeaways with my interviews with Gavin Zuklinski from episode 73, Dove Gordon from episode 74, and Christy Hostler from episode 75. So first up is Acuity Scheduling founder Gavin Zuklinski from episode 73. Uh, so I love my conversation with Gavin because I think Gavin brought out something that's, uh, really important to recognize about entrepreneurship in his story. He mentioned that he had kind of two businesses that he was running, you know, he had a day job and then on the side, he was trying to build a software company, something he was passionate about. And then he built acuity scheduling for his mom because his mom had a business and she was having struggle, uh, trouble scheduling clients. And he didn't initially intend Acuity to become his his business, but what happened was the software company that he originally was trying to build just didn't work out. And Acuity Scheduling started to just grow and grow and grow and gain more of a following. And he realized that the, the thing that, you know, he really didn't intend to be the business became the business. And, you know, he was flexible enough to say, to, to one, recognize that, and two, to be able to pivot and say, okay, well, this is working out. The original thing that I thought was going to work out didn't work out, and so I'm going to move this direction. And uh, he was able to grow acuity even more in to, into the business that he has today. And so, I guess the takeaway that I have from that is one, it's so important to just get started because you never really know what your ultimate business is going to be, right? A lot of times, people get started on one path, and just being on that path gives you new ideas, you know, new experiences. You meet different people, um, and then. You 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 also figure out like what doesn't work which is just as important in my mind as figuring out what does work um and so if you're out there and you have a, you have an idea that you want to test Uh, and you want to, you know, do something and see if it was going to work, I I definitely encourage you to uh, not wait until you think things are perfect, not wait until you think, you know, everything's in place, but just get out there and and just start doing it now. Um, Because uh, there's, there's so much value in the time spent building something, even if it's something that's imperfect in which, you know, most businesses are, I mean, it's unlikely that you're ever going to get to a point where everything is perfect. Um, You know, even large companies who have been around for a long period of time are constantly improving and iterating and that sort of Things. So um I, I really like that about Gavin's story. Um the other thing that that, that was cool about Gavin is I really like his perspective. He seemed to be very positive about things and, you know, he I liked his motto of, you know, he had you know he thinks that uh you can make anything fun. And I think that you know that positive perspective is is such a important thing to have because there's always going to be stuff you don't want to do but you know you can you can find ways to make that work a little bit easier to do and a little bit less uh difficult and and annoying if you can have the right perspective about it and you know Gavin was honest because during our our interview you know I mentioned that uh you know I had heard uh this other ceo of a startup talk about his business and how he was saying that you know 75 percent of the work that he does in the business is something he actually does not want to do but it's the 25 percent that he actually does want to do that keeps him going and i asked gavin about that and he said of course you know of course i have things in my business that i don't always want to do um but you know it's it's you know working through those things and uh, outsourcing the things that either you're not good at, or you just don't feel like doing. Um, so you can keep your energy level up and, and, and stay working on the things you actually feel are, um, are worth your time. Uh, another thing that I thought was that, that was cool is, uh, Gavin really put a lot of emphasis on getting feedback from his customers. You know, in his business, he, he does these 45 minute phone surveys, which I thought was really cool. And, you know, you don't really hear much about that. I mean, even, even big companies that reach out to me, um, about surveys, you know, most, at most, maybe they'll do like a five minute survey because they know that most people will be annoyed if they have to uh, do a survey that's any longer than that. But Gavin gets people to do these 45 minute interviews by enticing them, you know, he gives them something, you know, for free. Like, you know, I've seen a lot of companies do this stuff where they'll be like, you know, hey, do a survey and enter. If you do the survey, then you're, you're entered to win something. So it's kind of like, well, all right, all right, well, so I do the survey and maybe I win, maybe I won't, but I'm not really guaranteed anything. So it's not really worth my time. But Gavin actually gives his customers a $100 gift card. Um, and, you know, that's a huge incentive to do a 45-minute survey. So if you're really serious about getting customers on the phone, really getting their feedback, really getting them to spend time with, with you uh, to, to really, you know, help you with your business, I think it's important to provide them with something that's uh, enticing enough to, to do a meaningful deep dive survey like the, like the ones that Gavin does. And I think that's really helped. Uh, his business a lot. And, and he attested to that. Um, something else that I thought was cool is that he's constantly experimenting with different things in his business. So um, he experimented with a six hour workday, which is something I think a lot of people will be you know, scared to do. Um, but he experimented with it and it worked out and actually w- became something he implemented full time after the experiment because he realized, one, it made his employees much more productive, but then it also made them happier. And, and I think it's, you know, kind of the happiness uh, and the lack of burnout led to them being more productive and, and appreciating their jobs and wanting to come to work and that sort of thing. And so um, I think that experimenting with different things and trying different things out and, and, and constantly iterating trying to figure out what's going to work uh, is always a great perspective to have in your business. And I'm, I like the fact that Gavin... Uh, was doing that. And one other thing that he mentioned that I thought was, was kind of interesting uh, and really, really cool was that he said when we were talking about passion and whether or not I thought, whether he thought uh, you had to have passion uh, to be successful, he said that actually he thought that having too much passion can harm your business. And um, I really never thought about it that way. But I think that that's really true. Like, you know, because I think, you know, as he explained it, if you have too much passion about something, you become too close to it. You become uh too unwilling to pivot away from it, if it's not working or, or too unwilling to uh try different things because you think that this one thing that you're you're really passionate about is the is the right way to go. And if he is if he was you know i guess focus on that he would have never quit his his you know software business that he was trying to build on the side and gone after acuity and so he would have missed the boat on something that could have been really successful uh and so i kind of agree with that that i think having passionate interests is is good to a certain extent because it, it helps you to you know keep yourself going but yeah if you become too passionate about it then you become you can also become blinded uh to things that um that that might be there to help your business or you become blinded to other business opportunities that, you know, because they don't align with your passion that you don't go after. Um, so those, those were my takeaways from my interview with Gavin. So, so next up was uh customer acquisition coach, Dove Gordon from episode 74. Um, so go Dove and I had a great conversation about a, acquiring clients and, you know, we kind of talked in the beginning about being an entrepreneur and what that meant and, and how, you know, he and I both, you know, we were in in school, we would go and you know buy candy, which I've heard you know this, this story from so many entrepreneurs. That, you know, it's like you, you have that kind of entrepreneurial spirit and mindset from a very young age. You you know you go to the store and you you buy some candy candy at the store, and then you sell it at a school for a much higher price. Uh, and that's kind of the beginning of things. And that's it's definitely how you know I started out and dove, and, and many other people that I've heard. Um, and uh, I, I think that that you know dove was saying something that i thought was was really powerful and that was that he he was frustrated in the beginning with his business because he didn't have the the type of success that he thought he should and he he noticed that a big reason was it was because he didn't have a big charismatic personality he saw a lot of other people in the marketplace who didn't know nearly as much as he did who were nearly as good as he was but because they had these big personalities and they were very charismatic they were able to connect with people Um, and, uh, and he wasn't because he didn't have that. And he was trying to figure out like, how do I still connect with people and become successful without this personality? Because there's so many other people out there in the world who are like this. If anything, it's probably the majority of the population doesn't have the big personality and the, you know, the charismatic, um, you know, personality. Um, and so he, he, you know, he developed a a strategy, for, for, uh, for accomplishing this. Um, and I think that, you know, in our conversation, he talked a lot about, um, you know, your, your clients and how, you know, what people really, really want is, um, you know, you have to find a way to figure out, um, I guess the, the big problem, uh, that people have that they don't want or the big solution that they want Uh, And don't have and and you have to find a way to give them that thing. And if you can find out a way to do that, then, you know, they'll, they'll be all over whatever it is that you're offering them. Um, But he said that, you know, customers what they want to know when before they before they want to do business with you is they want to know, you know, if they can trust you. Um, They want to know if they're interested in the things that you're offering, and they want to know if they feel like what you're offering can actually help them. Do you understand their problem? Well, and uh, and I think that that's that's a cool way to put it because, you know, I, I feel like uh, the big thing to do is to first, you know, look at the the marketplace and look at your your um, your potential clients you know, and say to yourself, you know, what do I need to ask myself? And what do I need to ask them to make sure I understand their question? But even more so than that, how do I convey this to them so that they know that I understand their, their question or they, they understand their problem or the thing that they're actually going after? Because it's one thing for you to understand it, but if they don't realize that you understand it, then they're not going to really see you as the solution. Cause it's the first thing that people want to know is that you're, you're interesting. And then that is, you know, something that, that, you know will attract them and then you really understand their problem, and that you have the skills to help them and then they and then we and then that they, that they can trust you so um i you know I like that uh you know Dove really focused a lot on you know bridging that gap between um your offer and what your client actually wants, and if you can't demonstrate that you know they should you, they should be interested, or that they and that they should trust you, and that you can actually solve their problem. It's going to be really hard for you to convey your message to them. Um, and the next up, the next person up this month was uh, Christy Hostler from Podcast Rescue and uh, and Team Podcast, and that was in episode seventy five. And I really enjoyed my conversation with Christy because it was cool that we we recorded that uh, interview actually live at Podcast Movement in Anaheim, California. And uh, it was the first interview I had done live, and it was really cool to, to be able to meet Christy in person because she's someone that, you know, I had been connected with on Facebook, uh, and uh, it was nice to actually finally meet her in person. But um, we had a great conversation about podcasting and the podcasting industry and kind of things that she noticed that were happening. Uh, and, and one of the things was, you know, the concept of pod fading, people starting podcasts and then... You know, eventually deciding to give up on their podcast because things aren't working out the way they want them to. Uh, and that, that happens for a number of different reasons, but a lot of times it's, you know, people thought they were going to get a larger audience and they weren't able to get the audience that they wanted, or they thought podcasting would be more interesting and it just ended up being, you know, a lot of extra work that they didn't really want to do, or they haven't figured out a way to monetize their podcast. Uh, and so she started her her po- her podcast, Podcast Rescue, to help people kind of navigate those channels. Um, and I really liked the the concept of the podcast. Uh, and for me, I thought during the interview, what was really powerful was some of the examples that she provided of people who, um, had podcasts, it had sponsorships, but they didn't do it in the conventional way, which is, you know, typically what you think about is, you know, someone goes out there and they start a podcast and they're getting, you know, 10,000, 20,000, you know, a million downloads a month. And then once they hit this big mark, then they go out and they get sponsors. You know, Christy was saying, Hey, you know, I, I know a guy with 350 downloads a month and he has sponsors, Um, And, uh, you know, one of the guests that I had on on this podcast uh, much earlier, uh, Erica Duran, you know, when she started her podcast, she went out there and was able to get sponsorships before the podcast even launched. So I think the, you know, availability of getting sponsors for a show uh, without having the huge uh, download numbers is definitely possible and definitely something that a lot of people need to go after. And especially if you do have the download numbers, I mean, you know, I've talked to people and we talked about this during the interview that, you know, they have 10,000 downloads a month and they're still not going after, after sponsors because they feel like they haven't hit a mark yet. And usually that comes from like, you know, comparing yourself to someone else who who may be a little bit more successful. But the one thing I learned. In the podcasting space, and just in in life in general, is if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Um, and I think so. I think that that means that if you have a show or you even have a show idea, you go out and it's important to start talking with sponsors right away. Make a list of the people that you think you know, would be good sponsors for your show, who, what are the businesses that that can benefit and who are the audiences that will listen and, you know, what sort of product will those people be buying? Um, and then reach out to those companies and just make your case to them because, you know, no one really wants to work for free, right? So you're either building a podcast because you're looking to get sponsorships or you're building a podcast because you already have a product that you're trying to get that podcast to promote the business that you already have. Um, or, or maybe you have some other, uh, you know, initiative for your podcast, but you know, I think most people usually fall in one of the one of the two of those camps. Um, so I think with that, it's important to to just you know not be worried so much about you know being rejected by sponsors and just go out there, regardless of what your download numbers are, regardless of where you are in your show, and uh, and don't have unrealistic expectations. You know, Christy talked about that a lot. That that she had a lot of clients in her her podcasting. Um, you know, editing business that she provides and and getting, you know, people's shows in order, uh, providing the editing and the marketing and uh, uploading to the, the uh, hosting service and, you know, social media promotion and all those sort of things that she provides for clients. And she said that she has, she meets so many people with these unrealistic goals and that having these unrealistic goals is such a confidence killer. You know, if you're, if you're comparing yourself to you know, a, a podcast that has a million downloads an episode like serial or even a million downloads a month, like, you know, John Lee Dumas' podcast or, you know, even 10,000 downloads a month and you're just getting started out. Not to say you can't hit that goal because, you know, you you definitely could possibly, you know, get to those numbers and maybe even more with your show. But I think the the point and the takeaway here is that, you know, not to set yourself up where you feel like the only way to be successful and the only way to see success is to hit those same numbers. Um, and, and just be open to other possibilities. And like I said, you know, people who are, you know, getting 350 downloads a month are, are having sponsors and, and there's other people who have 10,000 downloads a month who don't. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I think having the, having the realistic goals about your show, um, try to stay positive, not comparing yourself to other people and just running your own race is a, a really good strategy for, um, you know, staying in the business and, uh, making it a success. And if you're looking for help. Uh, Definitely reach out to people like Christy who provide, you know, great um, podcasting uh, editing service and social media promotion and and, uh, great tips for how to grow your podcast and keep it going well. Um, so those are my takeaways for the month of September. I want to thank you very much for being awesome and joining me on another episode of the internet ballers podcast. Be sure to turn in next week. Uh, we'll be doing some great interviews in the month of October. And, uh, I, um, I'm really uh, confident that you'll, you'll be happy to see, uh, the guests that are going to be coming up that month. Uh, so in the meantime, you can check out the show notes for this episode, as well as listen to other episodes of the internet ballers podcast at www.internetballers.com. Again, I'm Michael Pasha and happy marketing. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to Internet Baller. We'll see you on the next episode.